Welcome to the two-man game. I'm your host, Landon Holland, and with me as always, my co-host, Xavier Rocha. What's up, Roach? What's up, Dando? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We uh, usually get a lot of trade deadline rumors and action on Twitter, but uh, yesterday we got some real news and can't wait to talk about all that went down in these last few days. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was... I feel like both trades were kind of out of nowhere to me. I didn't see much, like, talk about them. Maybe the McCollum one a little bit more, but definitely not the Halliburton for Sabonis deal. Yeah, these these trades are... They're not just some average players getting traded. These are some all-stars in the past and all-stars for the future in uh, Tyrese Halliburton and... With these two trades happening, the Pelicans trade with McCollum and the Kings uh, Pacers trade, we have some shift in some of these lower-end teams, and it shows what they're trying to do for the future. Um, what trade do you want to talk about first? Um, well, let's hit the most exciting trade. Let's talk about the... Halbert into Indy and Sabonis to Sacramento. So the entire trade was the Pacers would get Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and T- Tristan Thompson, and the Kings would receive DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second round pick. Just give me your initial thoughts on the deal and what you like, what you like for both sides, or, or like what you don't like for both sides. Well, to start off with the Pacers side of the deal, um, I am super excited for that organization. They have been a very average team for a long time, ever since their Eastern Conference Finals teams with uh, Paul George. And it shows this trade shows to me that they're willing to, like, not tank because they got a really good player in Halliburton, but they're getting younger and they're uh lose like they're uh having to pay Halliburton less money so they have more flexibility in the future. And then also with um they traded Levert, which we'll talk about later, but they're just showing that they're the direction they're going and I love that direction for them. They uh are losing a lot of games this year, which hopefully will get them a good draft pick to add on to Halliburton and uh, the rest of the year on core they have. Uh, and then I'll let you talk about Halliburton after I talk about the rest of this trade, but I want to talk about Buddy Heald too. It's just, that's that was the most surprising part of this trade. So you got Sabonis for Halliburton, like the most two important pieces, but then Buddy Heald's like a really, really good player. So I think the value that they got in that piece of the trade is super good and I saw reports that they might flip Buddy Heald for more which uh, I think he could add a lot of value to a lot of teams who are trying to compete this year just as one of the best shooters in the league so hopefully they can flip him and get another young player or even a good pick but I want to hear what you think about for from the Indiana side of the trade just about getting Tyrese Halliburton, because I know how much you appreciate his game and his potential. 
Yeah, Tyrese is probably like my third favorite player in the league behind Shea and Giddy, of course, but I really think Tyrese can hit like superstar potential and the fact that the Kings gave up on him at 21 years old in his second year in the league was definitely a shocker. I feel like they would have given up Fox over him, but um, the fact that Indiana was able to kind of nab him for Sabonis, which there's been talks that Sabonis was on the block for a few months now, him or Turner, which now that Sabonis has got traded, it feels like Turner's role in Indiana and future in Indiana is kind of solidified that he'll probably be there. But um, Tyrese Halliburton just a guy that is a super good playmaker and honestly kind of confused me going back to the Kings that they would give up Halliburton, who's just a better pick-and-roll player, and Sabonis is a nice pick-and-roll big. So I feel like pairing those two in Sacramento kind of made more sense than Fox because Fox isn't that great of a pick-and-roll player. So putting him with Sabonis is a little confusing. And none of this is saying that Sabonis is a bad player at all because he's obviously an all-star level player. But it's just the potential that Halberton had to become like a superstar, all-star level type of player one day. And he's literally 21 years old. So it was super shocking. And the fact that Indy was able to nab him was just interesting and definitely makes Indy... Indy's future a lot more intriguing. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about the positives that the Kings fans can look at from this trade, which I don't know if there's many just because of how high uh, Halliburton's ceiling is. But I think as the Kings organization like looks at this trade, I think they had to decide between Fox and Halliburton and... It's hard to tell right now who's going to have the better career, and both of them are super young players. And Fox is shown to be an all-star level player. He hasn't had a great season this year, but I still believe Fox can be a star level point guard in this league for the rest of his career. So if you look at it from that point of view, that uh, Kings fans really believe in Fox, and they believe that Sabonis can fit alongside him, then this trade doesn't look so bad. But then, on the other hand, you still got to... If you see Hal Burton just thriving in an Indiana and becoming becoming a better player than De'Aaron Fox, then this trade was... We'll look back and the Kings will feel horrible about making this trade. And then Sabonis, yeah. Sabonis is like a really, really good player. It's just I have questions about the fit with Fox. And then also... Davion Mitchell, I think this trade shows their belief in him, but I haven't seen much from him this year. He's an inconsistent rookie, and he's also like 24 years old or 23. So Yeah, and he's been dealing with injuries throughout the season, so we haven't seen him that much. Yeah. But, I mean, the f- spacing of the Kings also doesn't really make sense. Like I feel like they'd want to keep Halliburton, who's a f- over 40% three-point shooter, instead of Fox, who's shooting around 25%. Because Sabonis isn't a great three-point shooter. Rashawn Holmes isn't good at all at shooting. And then also Fox, so that's three players on the court that can't really shoot. And then I don't know if they plug in Mitchell at the two-guard or someone else. But I guess Jeremy Lamb, if they want to play him. But he, I mean, he hasn't shown much since tearing his Achilles 
a few years back, and then Harrison Barnes is really their only consistent shooter. So I have questions about their floor spacing. Yeah, they'll and probably then, they'll probably be the worst shooting team in the league if when you just look at their roster. Yeah, and then just like why do you like Sabonis makes them better because he's the better player now, right? But like they what are they fighting for? They're gonna fight for a playing spot. Like I don't understand the deal on their mm-hmm. side at all. Yeah, if I'm a Kings fan, I don't I don't wanna be fighting for that playing spot. I wanna be developing our young players and looking at at the draft, I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, because usually like when you side, but usually when you deal a young, a young player that does have a high ceiling, like Halliburton, you're kind of dealing him to make a push for like contendership or even like f- fighting for like an upper seed in the playoffs. So you have like a shot in the playoffs, but the Kings they just don't. Yeah, so this, just... this trade is like a they're reaching for the plan, which I don't think is what they should be reaching for. I think they should be looking to their future and not this season. Yeah, for sure. And Indy definitely won the trade in my eyes. Oh, Obviously, sure. the Kings will be better this season just because Sabonis, like I said, is the better player at the moment. But I just believe in Halberton's ceiling, and I think he's going to be a top player in this league here very soon. This uh, Indiana roster, I kind of like it, honestly. And they're not going to win a ton of games, but they got oh, some yeah. young players I like a lot. I mean, Halburn and Duarte, a nice backcourt, even though Duarte's a little old, but he's he's a great scorer. And then Isaiah Jackson, put him at the four with Turner at the five. I really That's like Isaiah roster. Jackson. That's a pretty fun roster. And then... yeah. You just got to find a consistent three to put in there, which they can easily find in the draft. Those Pacer tickets are going to go from $1 to maybe like $10. Yeah, and I'm excited because I have tickets to the OKC Pacers game in Indy. And now oh, I get to watch geez. my boy Tyrese. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Be, that'll be fun. All right, so do you want to get into the McCollum trade now? Yeah, so the McCollum deal was... So the Pelicans received C.J. McCollum, and then it was later known that they also th- got Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell. And then the Blazers received Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Tomas Sadoransky, Diddy Luzada. I don't know who that is, honestly. Yeah, I have no 2022 question. first, that is protected, and then two seconds. So, I don't know. You want to get into the Pels and why you like C.J. McCollum on the team? Yeah. This this is really fun for Pelicans fans. I love the fit with McCollum and with B.I. And then when Zion comes back healthy, McCollum's a super consistent player, super consistent uh, scorer in this league. And he's proven over his career that he can take over games and be super clutch down the stretch. He He's having a really good year, honestly. He's pretty consistent uh around 44 percent from the field almost 40 percent from three and he's averaging over 20 points uh and i just really like the fit with him and the other two stars on this team i don't think they're going to be good defensively which i'd like to bring up larry nance in that 
aspect because Larry Nance is a very good defender. So if they want to throw in lineups with McCollum, Zion, B.I., Larry Nance, and then Herbert Jones, who's probably the best rookie defender right now, I'd say. For sure, for Those, sure. Nance and uh, Jones could really help out uh, the other three who are not positive defenders, and then their offense would still be super good with the big three they have. Yeah, so they're going to re- Oh, sorry. Keep going. I just really... I think the Nance uh, aspect of the trade is going overlooked right now because he's not he's not going to put up huge numbers, but he's a very solid player in my eyes. Yeah, and um, do you think that the like they're going to be able to put up a ton of points? McCollum's a 20-point-per-game scorer. Valanchunas is averaging 18 this season. B.I. averaging 23, and then Zion's a 60% shooter from the field that can average 26 points a game. So, like, they're going to have plenty of offense. But my question to you is, do you think they can run McCollum at the 1 with Herb Jones at the 2 and then B.I., Zion once he's back, and then Valanchunas? Do you think that's a nice lineup? Or do you think they need, Um, like, a true point guard in there? So, McCollum isn't the one who would be running the offense, I don't think, because I think B.I. and Zion are both better playmakers than McCollum. But, so, to answer your question, no, I don't think they need a true point guard just because I think Brandon Ingram and Zion are both very capable playmakers that they don't need somebody to run the offense. And taking the ball out of those two guys' hands... I think is just going to take their ceiling down as a team. Even McCollum has grown as a playmaker, which is why I proposed the question because he is a better playmaker than he was a few years back. I mean, he's averaging four and a half assists a game this season. So like you throw that with Brandon Ingram, who's a a great playmaker. And then also Zion who can handle the ball too. And you can kind of run the offense through him. I feel like, they kind of also need Herb Jones on the court in closing like crunch time minutes. So I just don't know who you take off the court. So I feel like the McCollum at point guard might be their closing lineup just because. Yeah. It'll be interesting too, because they have guys like Devante Graham, who is a really good shooter, but then he's a negative on defense, just like the other guys. So I think if they're like down by seven with two minutes ago, they put out Graham just, to give that scoring threat, but if they're like up by three, they have Herb Jones out there for that defense. But so I think it's all situational. I don't think they have one closing lineup. But those three guys and Valanciunas, I think, are locks to be in the starting lineup. And then I think it comes down to Herb Jones or Devonte Graham. Yeah, just depending spot. on what they need to close yeah. the game. Because Herb Jones is such a good defender. Like Herb Jones has been probably the steal of the draft so far. He's been so good. And he's a good, like, he's a solid shooter. Like, yeah, he's not a can, negative offensive player. Open. So, yeah. I mean, I do, I do like the Pels, and I don't think any team wants to, to face them come playoff time. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think they're going to contend against any, like, super good playoff team this year, but I think the future is looking brighter and brighter with. And just the aspect of McCollum coming in will give Zion uh, an incentive to sign a contract and 
the fact that he knows that he'll be able to win with this roster will give him the boost to sign that contract, hopefully. And honestly, like I don't, I don't want to even say that they can't compete yet because they've been playing way better since they were just terrible to open up the season. But they're in the play-in now. Adding McCollum, eventually getting Zion. That's two all-star level players that you're adding to the team. Getting Larry Nance, who's a plus defender and isn't a liability on offense and can give you 10 points a night. I mean, this team <laughs> looks super good on paper. I just hope they can gel well together. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they made some noise in the playoffs and made a little run. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch if they can get in the playoffs and then what they can do in the playoffs. It'll be super fun. And then from the Blazers side, I want to ask you, so they got a protected first-round pick and two second-round picks, but then they also got uh, Nikhil Walker, Alexander Walker, and Josh Hart, and then the other two guys aren't really that important, I don't think. So I want you to talk about those two guys and what are the Blazers doing with this trade? Yeah, um, I do like Nikhil a lot. He's shown a lot of promise and like his play that he like he's shown flashes that he can be pretty good in this league. It's just if he can kind of stay consistent. And I aren't you a big fan of Nikhil? Or yeah, I think I think he can be. A super good, uh, like a six man in this league. I don't think he's ever gonna be like an all star or anything, but okay, that's what I and then Josh Hart's still, I mean, he's not old, but he's not young, but he's gonna be an expiring contract. And then Tomas Aransky was just thrown in there for a salary filler to be able to take on McCollum, but I mean, I think Nikhil's kind of the biggest piece that they got here, other than the protected first that. If they don't get the pick, we'll convey to a unprotected first, I'm pretty sure, in the future. But Nikhil's is definitely the biggest piece in this trade. And I mean, since McCollum was kind of seen as a negative asset, like he was, people were throwing out deals like him for Ben Simmons early on in the season. And then he kind of got injured and wasn't playing very well to open up the year and kind of got, was like seen as a negative asset. But like that's so it's kind of surprising that they were able to get a first and like a young player and Nikhil Alexander Walker in this deal. I feel, but still kind of a shocker that they didn't get much back. Like you, you're kind of taking a swing on Nikhil, and then I mean maybe you re-sign Josh Hart. He's a he's a plus defender and is a good rebounder, but he's an expiring contract, and I don't know what his contract value is it like in the free agency market yeah uh when i see this trade i just think blazers fans have to look at it as this team is selling right now and they're trying to get younger and trying to get draft picks but then i see news that dame lillard wants to stay with the blazers and then i just am like so confused where this organization's going if they don't get rid of Dame, just because I don't think you keep one of the best point guards in the league around a young rebuilding team. It's just super weird to me. Yeah, especially a small market team. So, like, people are saying that they're opening up all this money to, like, 
get a big name in free agency, but that's just not going to happen for Portland, I don't think. And then, like, because they're a small market, and there's still also are reports that they're still looking to trade for Jeremy Grant, which I don't know how that how that comes about or why it comes about, but yeah, I don't know what I, feel I like don't know what would be good that would do for them. So, I mean, Portland's just kind of confusing right now. They're definitely selling. And the fact that Dame wants to stay and is bought in just makes the situation even that much more tricky. Yeah, and it also raises my respect for Dame even more. The fact that he's still loyal to this Blazers team. He's not running from the grind. Yep. But yeah, this, this Blazers team has got some young players that I do like. It's just... I just still don't know their direction. Yeah, and they have like to the Dame, sixteen guards, or they have like eight guards now. Yeah, They're just taking in all the guards on their depth chart. It says starting power forward Josh Hart. That's how small this team is. <laughs> Gosh, I think Nurkic is literally their only like legit big guy. Yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, did anything else happen yesterday? I think we had the Karis trade. A few days ago. Yeah, the day before. February so, 7th, I think. As a Cavalier fan, I was so stoked about this trade. But I'll let you touch on it before I talk about Karis to the Cavaliers. Yeah, so, I mean, Karis was just such a good pickup because he's just that extra scoring option and also good facilitator to put next to Darius, like he just takes so much pressure pressure off of Darius, especially in crunch time minutes. Like you're gonna trust Karis Levert to hit some big shots for you, and I just love his fit on this Cavs team and a starting lineup of uh, Darius Garland, Karis Levert, uh, Markinen, Mobley, and Jared Allen. Just looks pretty nice, and they're gonna be so fun to watch. Karis LeVert just adds another scoring spark to this team and was a very nice pickup. Yeah, Karis is exactly what this Cavs team needed when it comes to a secondary ball handler who can uh, score from three levels of the court. And then you look at what they gave up. They gave up Rubio on an expiring contract and then a lottery-protected 22 first-round pick. And when you look at this Cavs team, they... And with Levert now, they don't have many holes on this team anymore when it comes to either side of the ball because they have one of the best playmakers in the league in Darius Garland and who's turning into one of the better point guards in this league. Then they have uh, front court of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley who is who are super hard to score on and then they're both pretty good offensively too. And then now you add Karis Levert, who has proven to be able to score in this league. He's averaged around 20 points a game for multiple seasons. And then you've seen flashes of him like putting up 50 points in a game when he was in Brooklyn. And then he's not been great in Indiana, but he's still shown that... Like I, f- I think a week ago, he had like 25 points in the first quarter. So he's still a super, super good scorer in this league. And he adds a different level to this team that needed a boost offensively because when Garland's off the court, sometimes they struggle. Yeah, and if they can, they're a game and a half behind the one seed. So 
if Karis LeVert comes in and gels well, I mean, you could be talking about the Cavs sitting at the one seed by the end of the year and having home court advantage in the playoffs, which would be wild considering four years ago LeBron James left and people didn't know what was going to happen. They've they've definitely been, to me, the biggest surprise of the season. And a lot's talked about with Evan Mobley, but also just the improvement of Garland and Allen and then just the whole team. I feel like they just play really well together. And uh, as a lot of their players say, they're a bunch of dogs in Cleveland. I, they are. What do, What do you... What do you think of uh, a potential LeBron James return to Cleveland, round three? Oh, man. I would love that so much, but <laughs> I I don't think there's a way that's happening. I don't think... If LeBron's like, I'm doing this for Cleveland, I'm taking a pay cut, I'm getting on that roster, and we're we're going all the way. You think he's moving his sons back to Cleveland? I don't no. think so. Probably not, but... <laughs> That would be something else. I'd love to see it. I I also would love to see uh what that package would be. Be interesting. Yeah, I mean, or in just two years, he just heads over. Yeah, when, when he's, he's forty. <laughs> yeah, when he's forty, still at the same level though. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I mean, when will he not be at that level? He's gonna be like forty-five playing at this level. That's what I like to think. Yeah, it just seems like it's never going to end. It's kind of like a Tom Brady thing. Yeah. And one day it's just going to, he's going to retire and never lose in any touch. And it's just going to be shocking to see him out of the league. Going to be a sad day. Uh, so we had one more trade happen since our last podcast. It actually happened during our last podcast, but we didn't see it. Uh, it was the Blazers and Clippers trade that sent Norman Powell and Covington to the Clippers for Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, and there were some picks in there too. Do you have that trade pulled up? Yeah, it was. So Powell and Covington go to the go to L.A. for Bledsoe, Winslow, Johnson, and one second round pick in 2025. This was just definitely a salary cap dump, like free up salary cap space. And I mean, they get a young player in Keon Johnson. It was a lottery pick. But other than that, you're taking on Eric Bledsoe, who's not good anymore, and Justice Winslow. So, I mean, I mean, Norman Powell is a good player in this league, and he's on kind of a reasonable contract, I think. And then Robert Covington just hasn't been playing as well as he has. But I mean, if the Clippers can get healthy or have both of these players on their team next year with the return of PG and Kawhi. This Clippers team looks pretty nasty on paper. Do you think this team's a contender if they're fully healthy? Uh, 100%. I mean, yeah. if you're rolling out a lineup of uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Zubac, Norman Powell, and Reggie Jackson. I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson. I mean, that's a pretty nice lineup there. Norman Powell definitely gets back to his catch-and-shoot ways, and you don't have to trust him to go get a bucket, but he can also be that guy that can go get a bucket. And then Roko's just a nice 3-and-D guy, glue guy, plays good good defense, and that team just looks so nice on paper, honestly. Yeah, this trade for the Clippers 
is super good, and they add Norman Powell, who is an electric player off the bench or a starter even that can get you 20 points on any given night and provide a lift when your team needs it. So I think this really pushes them as contenders if they're fully healthy and shows the direction of what the organization sees with the injuries of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I think this shows that there's a pretty good chance that they can return by playoff time. And if I'm the rest of the Western Conference, I'm pretty terrified to see that team in a, in a seven-game series. No yeah, but it was interesting did. after, I think after the first game with Norm, uh, Ty Lue came out and said that they're still not expecting Kawhi to be back. Or he said something along those lines. So the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Okay. Something along those lines. And then it's been reported that Paul George, he hasn't officially gotten surgery, but if he does, he's he's done for the year. But, yeah. I mean, if this team is healthy, they're so good. And if they're, like, in the play-in or a lower seed, like, you might, there's could be an upset in the first round. The league is really just so deep right now. It's kind of crazy when you look at both both conferences it's just i think the plan adding the plan tournament has really added to like the mid teams in each conference like their ability to go out and get players because they know they can make the playoffs with the plan tournament and it's really fun to watch yeah the plan tournament was a great addition the last two seasons started with the bubble and it's just provided such good like good games, like before the playoffs, so it kind of like gets you ready for the playoff atmosphere. Yeah, like in the Eastern Conference. Watch. In the Eastern Conference, you got the Hawks at the 10th seed, who <laughs> they made the conference finals last year and could do the same this year if you really think about it. Um, I mean, just, obviously they won't be there by the by season's end, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. them at the 10th seed, they're such a good team and. It would be fun to watch them run through the play-in. And then if you get like a Lakers-Pelicans play-in game, you got Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum going up against Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, what else could you ask for? It'd be so yeah, fun. For sure. Um, I do have something else that wasn't on our topics list, but I wanted to bring it up. So I've heard this, like, conversation that the Bucks are kind of cruising through the regular season. I don't know if you've heard that. But even though they didn't so, cruise last night against the Lakers, I can no, tell yeah, you. Yeah, they're so on so cruising, but they're sitting at the 2 seed and can easily have the 1 seed by the end of the season because of the talent they have on their roster. And the fact that people think they're cruising like the Bucks are the Bucks are for real and I just want I want your opinion on what you think the Bucks, like how good do you think the Bucks are? If if I had to bet money on who would win the finals, I'd easily take the Bucks. That's uh, it's not a very hard decision for me to make. I just when I look at this team and I see the depth that they have, and then I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. Even though Durant, whoa, whoa, whoa. I 
I go back and forth with those two guys, but Durant just not being healthy and then also Giannis's improvement this year. I think he has gotten better. Um and then you look at Drew Holiday, who is still one of the best guard defenders in the league. You got Chris Middleton who you saw what he did in the playoffs, and then Grayson Allen has been a great addition to the team. I just don't see if the Nets are healthy and the Bucks are healthy in a playoff series. I mean, it's hard for me to pick against the Nets, but then I also just don't see the Nets being fully healthy with what we've watched the last two years. Um, and then against any other team, I think they win no matter who's like if both teams are healthy. Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, Nets fully healthy, like Bucks fully healthy. I think that series is going to going to seven, and I hope that's the conference final series that we get. Just because I want, I want Giannis to be tested in the playoffs, and really, I just want to see what he's really made of, and like when he when this team needs him, which I know he showed in the finals last year, dropping fifty to eliminate the Suns in the finals and win it. But I just want to see him have a bigger test than a rival that's Kevin Durant for best player in the league, and then also two superstar players in Kyrie and uh, James Harden. Like That would just be such a fun series. And if Giannis wins another championship this year at 27, another finals MVP, maybe another MVP, that puts him at two championships, two finals MVPs, three MVPs, a depoy and most improved player. Like Giannis is looking at being on track to be a top five player in the like of all time. Do you think uh I have a bold question. Do you think Giannis can be the greatest player of all time? I do. If he if yeah, he I continues to win championships and also MVPs, which he usually can he's putting up numbers we've never seen or haven't seen in a long time. Like, this man <laughs> from Greece can go down as the greatest player ever. And then, along with that, he can go down as the greatest defender of all time, too. And that's one thing I just hate. Yeah, the greatest defender of all time, also. Because, I mean, he could get another Defensive Player of the Year this year. That would give him two. And, like, and he's also so versatile on defense. Like he can, he can guard the guards out on the perimeter, which like a guy like Shaq or Ben Wallace couldn't do. Like they were mainly interior guys, but they're known as great, like all-time defenders. But they couldn't do that, like what Giannis can do. So yeah, it's it's unbelievable watching this guy play. He's he's just a monster. And as a LeBron. Go believer. I'm not gonna be like the pity Michael Jordan believers. I'm I'm willing to if someone's better than my guy LeBron, I'm willing to admit it. So if Giannis overtakes him, I'll be willing to admit Giannis is the goat. Yeah, Giannis's prime right now is one. It's something to watch, and if he continues to get any better, it's gonna be it's gonna be historic. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm 
Are you taking KD or Giannis right now? Who's your? Who do you think's better right now when when healthy? Mm. I mean, I I'd go with Giannis just because. I mean, gosh, Giannis just I feel like does like Kevin Durant. Don't get me wrong; he's a great, like good, very good defender. Giannis is just kind of like. At another level on defense, I feel from Kevin Durant, but then can also drop thirty a night and gets me thirteen rebounds and six assists. Like Giannis does everything, and he just he's just kind of unstoppable, honestly. Yeah, and in if the, I was like, a teammate of one of them too, I would want to be led by Giannis. He just he seems like such a good leader and motivates his teammates so well, and I think yeah, that's a so much more humble too and just like he would definitely be someone that you like to play with and just want to be around every day practicing with getting to know exactly well we had one more breaking news that came out yesterday that we wanted to talk about um bradley beal underwent uh Season-ending surgery on his left wrist, and it looks like he's gonna miss. He's definitely gonna miss the rest of the season, and it'll be interesting to see if he decides to sign the contract extension with the Wizards, or if he's gonna look elsewhere this off-season. Yeah, he has. I think he has one more year left on his deal after this year, so he would be an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean. It's sad that he's going to be out the rest of the year because that means the Bradley Beal trade won't be happening at the deadline. But, I mean, maybe next year as an expiring contract, that's usually when superstars ask to get out or do get traded. So, I mean, next year he either gets traded or I think he's gone. I don't think he signs the contract with with Washington. Yeah, I think I think we might have seen Beal's last game in a Wizards uniform. As Which sad I, as that is to say. Like, Washington has a lot of good young pieces right now, and if they can deal Beal next season for some picks and a young asset, like, Washington's not in a bad spot. Yeah, but also I think they have too many young assets, and they need to be active at the deadline. Because they like, have, like... What do you think they move their young assets for, and, like, who do you think they move? Like, picks? You think they move them for picks or like what? Um, or another player yeah, to try to get Beal to stay? Also, I just don't like. I don't like the amount of like players they have all cluttered in. Like wings, they have Bertans, Hachimura, Kuzma, KCP, Avdia, Kispert, um, and then they have. Harrell and Bryant and Gafford. They just have a lot of like guys that should be playing, but they can't all be on the court at the same time. So I just mm-hmm. want to see them figure out how to move off of some of these guys and get some... I guess like maybe do like a two-for-one trade or get some picks. I, I don't know. But I just don't like the amount of guys they have. Yeah, I get that. I mean, move 
Gafford or Thomas Bryant to OKC. We'll take him for a pick. <laughs> oh, a I would love big. Gafford and OKC. We need a true big next to a Josh Giddy. Yeah. But um, one last thing. Your thoughts? It's on. It's hard to tell, but um, that they think a trade actually might happen with. James Harden. I personally have a really hard time believing it. just not be in the right headspace to play. And I don't know, man. I just if I'm Brooklyn, I'm not I'm not looking to do that trade. I mean, Simmons like if you get Simmons and you do go up against the Sixers, Simmons is that guy that can go guard James Harden like in a series. I mean, obviously no one's stopping Joel, he's a monster. So whether you don't have Harden or you have whether you have Harden or whether you have Simmons, you're gonna have to go up against Joel Embiid anyways. But yeah, Harden does make them a lot better, considering they don't even have Ben Simmons and might not have Simmons in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's a bad look for Brooklyn. But then also, if Harden wants out, you kind of don't want that. Yeah, if I was uh... a locker room vibe on your team. If I was Brooklyn and Ben Simmons was playing at an all-star level and was playing right now, I'd feel a lot better about doing it. But just all the question marks when it comes to Ben Simmons makes me feel very uneasy about making that trade, unless they know something that I don't. Well, I, I don't think Ben Simmons is just bad now, either. Like he's, I think he's still an all-star level player. I don't think and he's think bad, that's how, but is he that's gonna... how Brooklyn looks at it, too, though. Like He's still going to be yeah. good, and he's still all-worldly defensively. I don't so. know. I just, I just don't know if I want. If I'm any team, I don't know if I want to trade for Simmons right now. Here's what I think. I think unless you, you're a bad team, I think you just don't like Harden and you don't want him next to your boy Tyrese Maxey. That's what I think. That that could be true. I do not want to see Harden on the Seventy Sixers. I think you just love the Sixers roster. Maxey getting all the shots he wants, and you just want Maxey to flourish. I just love. I love the the roster up and down of on Philly and I like their chemistry and then when I see James Harden go to that team I just all I see is that guy dribbling the ball at the top of the key and taking step back threes 
and make yeah. that a lot less fun to watch. I get that, but I feel like Joel Embiid's a guy that if Harden's not playing how he wants or to the level that he Joel Embiid knows he can, like Embiid's the kind something. of guy that will that will push him and yeah, say something. Yeah. So I feel like that could be good for Harden in a way. Well, and hopefully, I mean, a lineup. Hopefully, of, we'll get some more action in the next what twenty twenty eight hours. Yeah, we got we still got some time, and then we might have to record a second episode this week. I mean, I'm down if we get Whoa, enough news. Yeah, record right after the deadline if there's some big deals, especially if that deal goes down. Yeah, for sure. Any games you got, you're excited to watch tonight? I'm looking forward to the Spurs-Cavs game to see Karis LeVert. Yeah, um, watching Karis tonight. I don't know if you are doing anything, but maybe we can link up on the party and watch over the party. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I'll let you know. All right, well, is that? do you have anything else before we end this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's all, all right. for today. Well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful day. See you guys.